A warm welcome from our Holy Rosary Parish community here in Burlington. Please join us in prayer as we share with our pastor, Father Martin Vallelie, our readings and homily from today's Holy Mass. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On that day, a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat like the, eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord.
Brothers and sisters, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. The word of the Lord. from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. 
in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, John said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, Oh, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear friends, I would like on this second Sunday of Advent, if I may, to turn attention again to the wreath. Many of the aspects of the wreath are extremely well known and very frequently talked about. There is one thing that is actually fairly often spoken of, but it may not be as well or as popularly known. And it's what I would like to make as the basis of reflection today. There is a very, very old custom of assigning to each week of Advent, to each of the candles, what might be called a watchword, usually just one word, that kind of sets the tone for that candle and for the entire week. There are several different characteristics that are given for those four words of the four Sundays of Advent, I'm going to reflect on the one that is the most commonly spoken of. For the first Sunday of Advent, for the first week, which we have now completed, the watchword that is assigned is the word hope. For the second week, which we have now entered into, peace. The third week of Advent, next week, when the rose-colored candle will be lit, is invariably the one that has assigned to it the watchword, joy. And finally, 
In the fourth week, when Christmas is drawing very, very close, the word for reflection is love. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Taken together, they are intended to be kind of the tone, if you will, of Advent longing and waiting. And in setting that tone, to maybe direct our own hearts. I was finding myself thinking that there are several different levels or layers on which you could interpret those four words. Maybe the first of them, which would be the easiest, is to see them as dreams, as visions hope and peace and joy and love, that they express what we would love to see, what kind of world should come and should exist. There's a certain idyllic vision there. And actually, our first reading from Isaiah carries that idyllic vision with it, almost retro looking back to what happened in the Garden of Eden before there even was sin that this was the way that God intended for his people and sin took all of this away. A world of hope, a world of peace, of joy, of love, where it is described very colorfully in today's first reading how everybody and everything gets along well with everything else. There isn't any destruction. There isn't any infighting. There isn't any hatred. There is that picture of serenity and safety and joy. And that is certainly an important aspect of our Advent longing. We desire and we dream for a world in which true hope, true peace, true joy, true love is going to exist. There is one danger, though, about limiting it to thinking only about something that is a vision and a dream or an idyllic picture. And that is that it can be easily seen as maybe some kind of fantasy. You know, as in, wouldn't it be nice if the world were like that? But lying just kind of underneath that is, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And it gives rise very quickly to a discouragement and a cynicism that is really quite contrary to the spirit of Advent and to the spirit of true Christians who have discovered something. You don't want to turn these great visions into mere wishes. You know, fingers and toes crossed, wishing on a star. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that way? There's something profounder happening there. A second level or layer on which you could look at hope, peace, joy, and love would be, quite simply, to see them as other names for Jesus Christ. And that begins to kind of anchor it in something profounder than just dreams and wishes and wouldn't it be nices. We're talking now about Jesus who has incarnated in his very self making himself present right here on this earth, the very dream of God for us. Jesus is our hope. He is our peace. Jesus is the one who brings a joy that overcomes the darkness, the cynicism, 
and the joylessness that we so often experience in the world and indeed within ourselves. Jesus is the incarnation of that perfect love that triumphs over sin, destruction, death, and hatred. He has revealed it by his coming, which we celebrate at Christmas. He has revealed it by his dying on the cross and rising from the dead to overcome the old patterns of thought and the old ways of being. Now, naturally, they haven't been fully worked out yet, but we as Christian believers have a much stronger anchor in the reality because we know that Jesus Christ has begun this work. His victory is assured, and therefore we can live in true hope and all the rest of them because we are walking with Jesus daily. And that actually leads to the third and what would maybe be considered the more profoundest of all levels. And that is, if I can put it this way, to see those great watchwords, hope, peace, joy, and love, not only as visions and dreams, but also as challenges. To see them as challenges. Challenges to us who bear Christ. Challenges to us who are living in these days today when there is so much struggle in all of those areas, but we know that we carry that firm power of Jesus Christ who has been and is all of those things for us. We carry it and we live it out. How can I be a person of hope? How can I be a person who is a bringer of peace into areas of conflict and darkness? How can I be someone who radiates a joy that comes from deep within? How can I be someone who loves and who loves not in order to be loved back, but in order to imitate my God, who is complete and generous, self-sacrificing love? That makes it a challenge, a challenge for everyday life. And every single one of us in our own little way, in our own little world, is called upon to grow in those virtues and to live those challenges. We make the Advent way of life and the Advent visions and dreams our very own existence. Every day to grow just a little stronger in what it means to be that kind of outreaching person. I wonder if that isn't a good way of looking at what the Advent season calls forth from us. Now, one might ask, what does any of this have to do with John the Baptist, the towering and somewhat intimidating figure who is revealed to us in these middle weeks of Advent? John the Baptist is not someone where our very first instinct would be to think of him as joyful or as someone who is a bringer of peace, or maybe even particularly loving. We're used to thinking of John the Baptist as being kind of a frightening sort of figure who is always challenging and haranguing and pointing fingers and telling people they must repent. And is he not someone who is counter to bringing all those beautiful, loving virtues that we would love to think were going to happen? That could be a rather surface way of interpreting John the Baptist. And evidently, a lot of people saw beneath the surface of his own presentation. They actually seemed, oddly enough, to be attracted to it. 
He was repelling them and yet attracting them at the same time. They came by the thousands to be baptized by him and to enter into a life of repentance. They must have seen something deeper. And maybe that something deeper is that John was a herald of the fact that, yes, hope and peace and joy and love are real, but they don't just trip on the surface of life. They don't just drop out of the sky. You have to build them. You have to change your life, turn your life around, unburden yourself of the kinds of things that get in the way, get rid of those aspects of life that are, in fact, not of Christ, or, as Isaiah would put it, lower those mountains and build up those valleys and make those rough ways smooth and clear. You have to do that in your own life day by day. It calls forth a change and a repentance, but it's real and it happens and it can happen. And as I always say, I firmly believe that John the Baptist is not a figure to be thought of as someone from the past only. I believe that John the Baptist lives today for each of us and all of us. It might be a person, and it might be a person who isn't overwhelmingly attractive or inviting at first to us. It could be a circumstance, an event, a situation involving our lives, an environment we're in, some kind of thing that crosses our path. John the Baptist can take all kinds of shapes and forms. It doesn't really matter. The one thing that John the Baptist and all his shapes and forms have in common is that they present us with a challenge. They cause us to stop and think, what do I need to do to become that kind of person that I dream of being? What do I need to change in order that I might be a bringer of true hope and peace and joy and love into this world? How can I respond to the challenge of John the Baptist in my own life? Be on the lookout for those John the Baptist figures, whatever they might be. Heed them. Respond to them. They invite us to become the best we can be. And then we will be living the Advent dream, not just at this time of year, but all the time, and truly allowing Christ, the one who is our hope, our peace, our joy, our love, to work through us, to shine through us, to grow through us. Thank you for joining us. We pray that today's Holy Mass readings have brought you closer to God and grant you peace and joy throughout your day. During this holy season of Advent, please join our community in person for Mass at our Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Burlington as we prepare to celebrate Christ's entry into the world. Each weekend, the Lord's Day Mass is celebrated at 5 p.m. on Saturday and at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday. During the week, Mass is celebrated every Tuesday through Friday at 8 a.m. We look forward to welcoming you.